This call is being recorded. Good morning, this is Susie. Is anyone else joining the call this morning? Good morning, Sister Yvonne. God bless you. Pray for my Will do. Has anyone else joined the call? Would like to say good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. Has anyone else joined the call and would like to say good morning? morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. Has anyone else joined the call that would like to say good morning? Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. You've just joined the call. Good morning, Susie. It's Diane. Good morning, Diane. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday to you, too. Good morning, and who just joined the call? Good morning, this is Susie. Good morning, welcome to Declare Victory. This is Susie. Has anyone else joined the call that would like to say good morning? Good morning, Susie. It's Prashanda. Good morning, Prashanda. How are you this morning? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm in the dark, but I'm good. <laughs> oh, good. Is anyone else showing the call that would like to say good morning? Good morning. It's Pretty Patrice. Good morning, family. Happy Thursday. Good morning, Pretty Patrice. Happy Thursday to you, too. Thank you. You're welcome. Is anyone else showing the call that would like to say good morning? Good morning, Susie. It's Deborah Evans. Good morning. Good, Sorry about good. that. Good morning, Deborah Evans. And who else good. is that? Jamila, honey. Good morning, Jam- Jamila. Yes, ma'am. And you, you were first time calling? Um, I've called. This is my second time. Oh, okay. Well, glad you joined us again. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Oh, we're so glad to hear that. Does anyone else join the call who would like to say good morning? Good morning, Pam. Good morning. Pam. Good morning, Pam. And who else was that? Hello, good morning. This is Denise Woodward. Good morning, Denise. Is this your first time calling? No, I've been on the call um, since I started last week, last Tuesday. Oh, well, great. Glad you came back to join us. Thank you. You're welcome. Has anyone else joined the call that would like to say good morning? Morning. Good morning. And who's that? Joy. Good morning, Joy. 
Is this your first time calling? Um, no. Um, okay. But I'm new to the... <laughs> Pardon me? Uh, no, it's not my first time, but I'm new to the line. Oh, okay. And uh, who in, who invited you, Joyce? My dad, Jeff. Pardon, I couldn't hear you. You've got some background noise going on. My dad, Jeff Vickers. Mr. Dickers? Yes. Brother Jeff. Hey, Joy. Oh, Jeff. Thank you. <laughs> Brother Jeff. Well, glad you joined us, Joyce. Has anyone else joined the call who would like to say good morning? Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. Has anyone else joined the call that would like to say good morning? Hey, Susie. I couldn't hear you. Who is it? Dee. Oh, good morning, TV. Can someone please mute your line who has your TV going? Thank you. Has anyone else joined the call that would like to say good morning? Good morning, Susie. Good morning, family. It's Nikisha. Good morning, Nikisha. Good morning. Is anyone else joined the call that would like to say good morning? Good morning, family. It's Dondria. Good morning, Dondria. Anybody in the, I was going to say, anybody in the dark, we need to pray in Jesus' name. <laughs> <laughs> yes, amen. Anyone else join the call that would like to say good morning? Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. Has anyone else joined the call that would like to say good morning before I get started? Good morning, Sister Tracy. Good morning, Sister Tracy. Okay, well, it's time to move on to the next segment of the call. But before we do move forward, we do ask that you please put your phones on mute so we can proceed. And hello, my name is Susie, and I am your hostess, and thank you for joining us here on Declare Victory. We are a prayer call that meets Monday through Saturday, starting at 6 o'clock a.m. Pacific Time, to edify, empower, encourage, and equip you in your walk with Christ. Please feel free to invite a friend so they can be blessed, too. Be thank sure to stay... Thank you, Jesus. Be sure to stay with us for the rest of the month for the monthly theme entitled Open Heaven. You don't want to miss the messages, lessons, and heart shares that will be brought to you by our wonderful, gifted declared. We do have two announcements today. <coughs> Excuse me. Ladies, please join us tonight and every Thursday night for Walk It Out Woman's Call, hosted by Ms. Lisa Porter. They will be going through the book entitled, Emotionally Healthy Spiritually. 
It's impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. By Peter Sazuel. The call takes place from 6 to 7 p.m. Time right here by dialing the same number tonight. You will be blessed. Second, if you've been blessed by the call and would like to sow into it, please visit www.declarevictory.org or www.paypal.me forward slash declarevictory. We pray many blessings by our Heavenly Father be returned to you for your giving and trusting in Him. There were no prayer requests submitted on the app, but Yvonne is asking that we pray for her leg and also for all the people who have lost their power. Okay, the order of the call this morning is the declaration will be by Tanya. Praying and corporate praise will be done by Brother Eric. Then we will go right into closing comments hosted by the Declare Tanya. And I'll repeat that. Here the call is the declaration will be by Tanya. Praying and corporate praise will be done by Eric. Then we will go right into closing comments hosted by the Declare Tanya. The scripture for today is Hebrews 7.24. You have come to Jesus, the one who meditates the new covenant between God and people, and to the sprinkling blood who graciously forgives instead of crying out for vengeance, as the blood of Abel did. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his holy word. At this time, we ask that you please mute your phones, put your phones on mute, until instructed to come off mute. I now pass the call to the Declare Tanya. Everyone have a wonderful and blessed day. God bless you. Good morning, everybody. Hey, Susie, thank you for um, greeting and welcoming. Good to hear your sound. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tanya. So good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Breakfast of Champions. Um, I'm thankful for another day that God has blessed us to see. I want to ask a question, but I don't want you to take your phone off mute. Can you guys believe that we are in October of 2019? We, we We are preparing to enter the year 2020. Like that just... That just um it doesn't blow me away, but I'm just fascinated as to as to how time is moving and this year we are in the final quarter of the year. Um and I don't know about you, but God has been good to me. I am thankful. I'm so thankful uh for his um the Holy Spirit's leading, um uh, God as my source. Um, and Jesus as my Lord and Savior. So before before we begin, we begin. I, I know that um, you've already been asked to check your phones to make sure that they're on mute. I'm going to ask that you do that. Just take a look one more time. Um, these phones are so smart that um, we can barely touch them uh, without even realizing it and take our phones off mute because of the sensitivity of the 
um, technology behind the touch screen. So if you could just do that for me, that would be great. Uh, and I want to welcome you. And I hear somebody shuffling. Um, so please, even if you are the person that is going to be praying next and you want to be just ready or whatever, um, or you think that you can be quiet enough, the, the, the slightest movement, we hear it. It's magnified for us. And, you know, as a declarer, it throws us off. Um, that's one of the main things. But another another main point is that we just don't want people to miss uh, what God has for them and the disruption could cause them to miss that. So again, if you could just triple, quadruple check, that would be very, very helpful. Father, we just want to thank you for another day. We woke up this morning and were distributed brand new mercy that has nothing to do with how good we are because we can never be good enough. Thank you for brand new mercies, Lord. They're not recycled. They're brand new mercies today. And regardless of how the day may have started, your word says that this is the day the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad therein. So we make a decision, or I make a decision to rejoice because you allowed me to be a part of this day. And I'm thankful that you included me um, as one of the um, one of the participants in history. Today, history will be made because we will do things that we've never done before, even if it is to go to work today. We've never been to work on October the 10th, 2019. Uh, even if it is to smile uh, at someone who generally has a frown on their face. However, however you decide to use us today, Father, we just thank you that we're included. Um, and we thank you for blessing us as we go out in the marketplace. And Father, as we um, begin to share this morning, thank you that our ears are tuned, um, that we are focused on the word, uh, and that you reveal to us the truth that you have for us. In Jesus' name, we pray and give thanks. I don't have a whole lot of scriptures today. Today, what I want to do is um, share some of my experiences, um, uh, my uh, being in heaven's court, um, and um, what that was like for me. And um, yeah, just want to have a conversation. So pretend, if you would, that we are... Um, I don't know if Starbucks is my favorite place anymore because, like, my drink is $4.35. I refuse to keep paying prices for something that, you know, it's the same. It hasn't changed. So as much as I like, um, I have liked in the past uh, the ambiance, just, uh, just being able to go there and chill without any expectation, even if I don't want to buy a cup of tea or as I don't drink coffee. Um, I don't, I don't know, but let's pretend we're at Starbucks I'm, as I'm transitioning from that being my favorite beverage and my, uh, one of my, you know, places to just go hang out and chill. But, you know, for, for sake of having a place, we, we just chilling. We, you, you get what you get and, and I get what I get and we're just having a conversation. You know, I'm just uh, bringing you up to date about some things that have been happening uh, happening with me over the last couple of months. Um, the information was presented to me, and it was presented to me as 
you know, I want you to take a look at this, but don't look at the whole thing. You need to look because it's a lot. It's pretty meaty. Um, yesterday I made a, a comment about um, the call yesterday, Wednesday, and and Monday were very meaty. They were weighty. Um, what I mean by that is is that um, there's a scripture in the Bible that talks about um, that we should desire the sincere milk of the word. Um, uh, milk is easier to uh, digest than steak and potatoes with gravy and, you know, uh, cabbage and uh, cornbread or, you know, whatever, you, the, uh, you know, filet mignon and scalloped potatoes, you know, and, and, you know, whatever that goes along with it. Milk is easier, which is why as newborn babies, um, mothers nurse their babies or breastfeed them um, from milk that is produced um, within their body based upon the, the, the food that they intake. You know, when I think about God, he's just absolutely amazing that he could allow us as human beings to produce milk to feed our babies. And as long as the mom's diet is a good, healthy diet, the baby's going to good, get good, really uh, good, nutritious uh, um, meal, milk. <laughs> from his or her mom. And you know, the thing about it is, is that the way that our, our bodies are designed, women, the way our bodies are designed, the baby will get the nutrients before your body does. Um, God, God shielded these babies um, that we carry and then uh, birth um, so that if you decide to nurse them, they're going to get the nutrients, the important nutrients first before you will. And so at any rate, thinking about milk and going back to that scripture, so as newborn babes, as new believers um, who don't, who can't really handle um, the meat of the word yet, um, and there's another scripture, I can't think of where it is because I, I just kind of am going off the cuff right now and don't have that scripture at hand, but some of our Bible scholars do know what I'm talking about um, when it talks about um, um, the meat of the word. Um, it's more solid. It is um, more in depth and it challenges, it will challenge our um, thinking. It will challenge our walk. It will challenge, and, and it's truth, whether it's milk or whether it's meat, it is, it is truth, um, but it can be a little bit more weightier. It can have more substance to it than, for example, um, if I was teaching uh, some some new converts, I would start off with um, the love of Jesus and, and helping them to understand about um, his love and how much he loves him, them and, you know, his love for mankind and so on and so forth so that they get an understanding of who Jesus is. And then as we progress, I would then begin to talk about responsibilities as a believer. Um, and I would begin to talk about um, different things, how that we are held um, responsible that we for our decisions that we make and consequences. Thank you. Hebrews 5 and 12 talks about the milk and meat of the word, just so that you know I'm not making this up. At any rate, um, that's not the primary focus. Meat and milk of the word are not the primary focus, but um, I just wanted to give you some context. And so as I began to um, uh, learn about 
heaven's court, it's not that, <laughs> it's funny, it's not that it wasn't in the Bible all the time, because it has been there. I've read scriptures about um, the just judge. I've read scriptures about uh, God's throne, the throne of, there's a throne of judgment, um, God's throne, um, and, and how he is seated on that throne. I've read them, but didn't really, didn't really take them literally. Um, I guess in my mind, I, it was more perhaps metaphor. Um, not that I take the Bible in itself as, as primarily metaphor. I'm just saying in my mind, trying to figure out, girl, what is wrong with you? This word has been there all along. And so not judging myself uh, to a place of condemnation or whatever, whatever, but just like, wow, it's been there right before me. And I didn't really take it for what it is. And so now what I'm doing is going back and reading some of these scriptures with a different set of lenses. Even though I had cataract surgery a year ago <laughs> and I got brand new lenses, I got brand new spiritual lenses too. And I'm able to see the scriptures more clearly because I have a focus on what it is that I'm studying. So um, I'm going to use some personal experiences and then I'm going to bring it back to um, uh, court, heaven's court. So about two and a half years ago, um, my late husband, Carl and I, and for, for those of you who don't know, um, uh, just again, for context, um, my husband passed unexpectedly December, two, December 22nd, 2018. Um, prior to his passing, we had lost our home in um, August of 2016. Um, and I say lost because I can't think of a different, a better way to describe it, uh, to foreclosure. And um, prior to that, <laughs> a few years prior to that, uh, both of us had lost our secular jobs. And so we were on an, on unemployment at the second, on, at the same time. Obviously, our bills didn't change, but our income did and our capacity to be able to address or meet those bills, it completely changed and it changed our lives. And I'm not going to go down to, well, again, I'm trying to set context for this story that I'm going to tell. At any rate, uh, we qualified for special funding through the state of California. It was called, it is called Keep Your Home California. And if you find yourself in that position right now, you are unemployed, you are receiving unemployment. I believe that program is still valid. Keep Your Home California will pay your past mortgage or they will pay your rent up to $3,000, not your rent, your mortgage up to $3,000 a month. At any rate, we qualified um, for that program. Um, they paid our mortgage for 12 months. We went back again for a second time. Once we were able to obtain employment, our mortgage got in arrears and they paid those funds uh, up to, I think it was about $25,000, if I'm not mistaken. So we have two different um, programs that we qualified for. There are actually three, but we qualified for two of them. One of them, um, there's a three-year time period in which, and I'm going to get to heaven's court, just hold on, again, setting context for those of us so that we can understand this is real. Okay, so for the, um, for the program that we qualified for, um, there was a three-year time period in which we had to keep our home without selling it 
uh, because if we did so, uh, we would have to pay those funds back. So the first set of funding that we got that paid our mortgage every single month, we satisfied that judgment. We satisfied that responsibility. Three years had passed. The second um, program that we qualified, um, our home was the bank declared foreclosure on us when we were 18 months into that judgment period, okay? Uh, and so even though we did not sell the home, the home was sold, sold. And so we tried to, so what they wanted was, they wanted to receive from our equity the balance, or excuse me, not the balance, they wanted to take from our equity the $25,000 that they had paid in mortgage arrears. Again, I'm setting context. And so our argument was, let's, you know, you, you, when you have a uh, foreclosure, if you have equity in the property or whatever, you can choose to go to court <clears throat> uh, or you can just allow the court to do whatever it's going to do. We made a decision to go to court because our our hope was that somebody needs to mute. I hear you shuffling or something right now. If you just moved, I heard you. Just double check your phone. So, um, so our hope was that we could fight the court for our remaining equity, and get and and and, and ask the judge, ask the judge to um, uh, decide in our favor and allow us to keep the funds based upon the hardship that we had experienced. That was our hope. The second hope was that if the judge would not give us, allow us to keep all of the equity that was remaining, that he would prorate what had already, so we'd already, again, remember I told you 18 months, we were already, um, we had already uh, satisfied 18 months of the three month period we were hoping that at least if the the judge would prorate the the, the funds and give the um, the funder who gave us these this, these monies the program that they would give us a por they would give them a portion and read a, instead of all of it. I remember preparing for the case. We could not afford an attorney. Like just to talk to an attorney, they wanted a hundred dollars an hour, and we just didn't have it to do it because we're trying to get back on our feet from having lost our uh, our jobs. At any rate, I remember going to court. And I remember the very first time that we went, the judge <clears throat> the judge decided to listen to this word, continue it. Now we went to the same judge each time. Um and when we went to court, there is a certain protocol um in the earthly court and there's a certain protocol in heaven's court. So the protocol, if you've ever been to court, if you've ever watched like one of these uh, court reality shows like Judge Judy or the People's Court or whoever else, they have divorce court and other stuff, right? Um, so if you've ever been to court, there is a protocol. There is the judge's bench. Uh, you're not allowed to just walk up to that bench. There is a bailiff that is there. There is a, a court stenographer. There is someone that is keeping records. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Uh, there is um, there is the plaintiff's side, um, the one that is bringing the complaint. There is defend the defendant's side. I'm just using my terminology. There's the defendant's side of it. You, there's usually two um, in a in the court that we went to. There were uh, there was like a desk uh, or 
table, for lack of a better word, and two chairs um, there to, to sit. Uh, and there were microphones that were there so that um, when we speak, the court uh, stenographer, the person that is taking record, would not have, um, you know, problem hearing as long as you speak, you know, into the mic. At any rate, um, there are, there is a court, there are different positions in the court, positions meaning, as I just said, the judge, the bailiff, the court stenographer, um, you have the plaintiff or Let's, let's just call it the accuser. We can use that word as well. And then you have the defendants and you have, uh, if you're being represented by uh, uh, an attorney, you have your advocate there with you. Um, Carl and I were representing ourselves and that's allowed in the, in the United States. At any rate, um, our case was continued because of a technicality that gave us more time to prepare. Um, and so um, I got legal advice, and so I'd done all this preparing or what have you, and we had to submit our documents, and we had to think about our case. What is it we are asking the judge for? We needed to be specific. We couldn't just go there and say, well, you feel me, judge, because you know what I'm saying. I couldn't, we couldn't go there with that vernacular. That vernacular is appropriate for whenever it's appropriate, but it's not appropriate for uh, the court of law. Um, so we needed to be specific. In addition to that, I needed to be able to cite um, past court uh, cases um, uh, that were similar or um, that were exactly like my case. And so the legal advice that I got was from someone who was an attorney that that I knew. We he was we were his youth pastors um, as a as as a kid, and now he's an actual attorney. But at any rate, he gave me, um, I had to do the research, but he gave me some citations that I could go and research. So again, I have a, I'm preparing my case to present before the judge because I cannot go there unprepared because I could, I could lose my case. My case could get thrown out and the judge could actually rule in favor of the accuser or the plaintiff, whatever, we, we either one is appropriate, as I'm explaining, right? And so uh, I did my preparing. I did my due diligence. I did my study, okay? Um, and so the next time we go back, um, you know, again, the same judge, same plaintiff, the person who keeps, I forgot about this, the, uh, I forgot her name, the person's name, but they keep, the, 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 the court's clerk. The, the, um, um, who keeps record and all that other kind of stuff too. She keeps, that person keeps, also keeps record, keeps the court's calendar. Uh, Cause I can't, I couldn't just go to court. Me and Carl could not just go to court whenever we wanted to. It, it was set on the calendar and we had to be prepared and we had to be, uh, be there and be on time and all of those things. At any rate, there's also a area of seating for, um, it could be witnesses. It could just be, it could be people who are also waiting for their case to be heard. Um, it could also be people there that are um, uh, uh, looking to learn. You know, um, you don't, you could just, you could come to court. So we could just call that the witness gallery. There was not a jury in this particular um, case that Carl and I um, had before the, um, before the judge. And so without going into all the details, I remember presenting my case. And I remember the compassion in the judge, judge's eyes. Um, and I felt Carl's body language. There was, the judge said to me, um, 
and I don't remember the exact word, so I'm going to paraphrase it. He said to me, you might want to consider rephrasing your question or rephrasing your statement. And I said, I don't understand. He said, I cannot give you, I cannot, it's not my job to make your case, but I want to give you the opportunity to rephrase your question and use X, Y, or Z. That much he could give me. Because um, as much as the judge wanted to help me, his hands were tied. His hands were tied because it was my responsibility to come there and be prepared. Ignorance of the law was not, I could not use that as an excuse. Um, and, And had he done that, the accuser, the plaintiff could have said, Judge, no, you're out of, you can't do that because they're not prepared, X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z, blah, 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 blah. Okay. And so because I did not, I did not have the proper verbiage to state fully what I wanted, he, he could, we had run out of continuances. He couldn't continue because I, we did not have what was needed. So he ruled, though he wanted to, he ruled in the accuser's favor. He ruled in the plaintiff's favor. We did not, it was devastating. We did not get the funds that we had hoped we were going to get because those funds would have helped us pay off some other creditors and do some other things. Right, so we lost all of the equity. We lost it. Okay, so um, fast forward to Heaven's Court and what what I have been learning about Heaven's Court. Uh, first of all, I want to a scripture that I do want to share with you is Psalms 104. It is very familiar. Um, uh, we we uh, we use it quite often, especially I used to be a worship leader at my my former church. We use it very often. It is enter his gates with thanksgiving, go into his courts with praise, give thanks to him and praise his name. When I read that scripture, I read it with the the lens. Generally, when I would read that scripture, it would come across. I read it with the lens of praise and worship. You know, this is a great scripture to motivate people, to to exhort people about the importance of giving God thanks and the importance of being in his courts, praising him, thinking the courts that, you know, I was thinking the courtyard, the court, I don't know, you know, never thinking that this is setting the tone for the protocol of worship, which is necessary when going before heaven's courts, right? So I talked about the protocol of the earthly court. In the earthly court, you can't go in there being, but the protocol is, is that once the judge, I'm going to go back and forth, and I, and I hope I don't confuse you, but I'm going to go back and forth. When I, when I, you go to heaven's court, all cell phones have to be off. You're not in get electronic devices. Um, you're supposed to be focused on what is happening up there, uh, you know, up there, meaning the, the, whoever is in, whoever's time it is for them to be heard, their case to be heard. There's no there's no talking. Um, there there if you need to go in or out of the court you can but you can't make a bunch of noise doing that. 
again, you can't just approach the bench. If you need something to get to the judge, you got to hand it to the bailiff. The bailiff will hand it to the judge, right? So pro heaven's protocol is, is that you can't just approach heaven's court um, any, with any type of attitude. Um, first of all, you can't just, just pop up and go, you know? Um, <clears throat> you, you, you need to be prepared. You know, like if you, Dion was talking about this week, <clears throat> excuse me, she was talking about um, generational curses. Um, and just as we have generate, gener we'll accept the general generational blessings. We will absolutely accept those, but the generational curses kind of want to freak us out. Well, it's balance, y'all, right? And I'm gonna tie it up. It's balance. You can't have one without the other. If you think about it from a logical perspective, it, that would be kind of ridiculous to have just blessings and no and no consequences, no 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 um, no curses. That's what keeps the balance. Um, so going back to heaven's court, um, one of the protocols is in order to approach heaven's throne, our we we have to worship him so that we can enter appropriately. We're not entering from a carnal state. Um, a carnal state meaning I'm gonna go to court to see if I can get what I can get out this judge. I'm gonna try to play him into manipulate him. No, 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 no. You're not doing that. You could get into big, big trouble trying to do that anyway, playing with God like that. So when we, um, those, God is a spirit. Those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so when we worship God, it puts us in a state of, a spiritual state of um, getting all of that junk out of our minds, the things that, not junk, uh, but drama, things that we're dealing with, so on and so forth. And now we are heavenly minded. So we enter into his gates with thanksgiving. How do we do that? Father, I just thank you for your presence. I thank you uh, for the opportunity to come before you. Just thankful, thankful that I'm alive, thankful that I'm healthy, thankful that I have, again, this opportunity to come before you. And we don't need to do so being scary. Um, the Bible tells us to come um, humbly but boldly before the throne of grace. The throne of grace. Humbly, I'm humbled to be able to come before your throne, but I'm doing so boldly because I know that you've given me the authority to do so. You've given, you've given me permission to do so, right? Humbly but boldly. Um, then the scripture, going back to Psalms 104, enter his gates with thanksgiving, go into his courts with praise. I can go into heaven's court with praise. I can praise him, right, going in, because I know I'm going to come out a victor. I know that I'm going, because I've done my due diligence, I've presented my case. I'm going to present my, I haven't presented it yet, but I'm going there to present my case. But Tanya, what case? Um. So, so now it seems like I'm going out of order, and I, I am. I probably should have done this first. But let's go back to my earthly case. Remember when I said that I had to prepare uh, to go before this uh, judge to, to um, present our case of why we felt that we should get the equity out of our home that was sold in foreclosure? Remember that? Um, so I had to do my due diligence. So the same with us. Before we, that's why we don't just jump up and go to court 
every single day. I'm going to run out of time, but we'll be able to pick it back up in love, life, and victory. Um, let me let me close off in this uh, um, this this particular portion though of preparing our case. So an example would be, um, I was in prayer a couple of weeks ago. And there are some things. One is, um, and I'll be transparent, one is, is that I'm always in a hurry. I have been. Now, I've changed my language. I've, I have always been in a hurry. And and I, I, I was praying, and I said, Lord, why is it that I'm always in a hurry? And he spoke to me and said, because you are impatient. I was like, oh, wow. But then the impatience. Uh, goes much deeper. It's impatience and being in a hurry is much deeper than that. So I went a little deeper in my prayer and the Lord revealed several things to me. And he said, you need to take this to court. And so I began to prepare. My preparation was to ask him, ask the Holy Spirit. So ask the Holy Spirit, why is it that I do that? Where is this coming from? In this case, it wasn't necessarily a generational curse, it was something that had to do with my past. And I don't have time to um, go, I won't go into it right now, because um, uh, I want to I leave this portion of the call um, in a place that makes sense for you. I don't want to leave you hanging. And so I, he gave me the things. I had pen and paper ready, because um, I just knew this was going to be, if I'm asking for information, I may not be able to retain it all. So before I go into prayer, I had a few things ready. This is what I do. I had pen and paper because I'm not going to um, use my or my device. I didn't want to use my device. I wanted to write it out. Pen and paper. And I also had Kleenex just in case I started crying. <laughs> and it was one of those days um, as the Lord began to peel back the layers and reveal things to me. Um, I cried. I, it was It was grieving some stuff. And I'm not talking about the loss of my husband. It was grieving some things that had happened as a, as a child. Um, and so I got, once I got past that, I wrote out what he, ta- what he gave me to write out. Um, I did some soul searching um, and, um, and I prepared myself. I prepared myself. I didn't just go to court. I prepared myself for when I, when I knew that the Lord was going to summon me. I was going to receive a summons. I knew it. That's that's my experience. Okay, um, I've had a different experience, but I'm talking about a personal experience that I've had, and I'll share that in Love, Life, and Victory. Um, but again, tying. I want to tie up now. I want to tie up some loose ends. Initially, I talked about um, the earthly court, and I talked about protocol, and I talked about a case that we presented before um, uh, a, a superior court, a superior court judge, with my late husband. Um, and what the court, the case was about. Um, and then I moved into the spiritual realm and I talked about heaven's court. Um, and I was just beginning to talk about how you enter the court um, before I realized I hadn't told you what I did to prepare my case to be presented before the court. And so I just wrapped that part up and I was able to present my case or, or build, begin to build my case with the help of the Holy Spirit um, based upon um, things that he brought to my attention, because I didn't know, right? Which is, which, this is why it's so important to have the Holy Spirit and to have a language, um, because I didn't know what to bring. Be- what what case do I need to bring before the Lord? 
He gave me what it was and how I needed to prepare. Part of that preparing and part of that soul searching, I, I, I used my heavenly language, speaking in tongues, because I did not have the vocabulary to be able to um, speak to the Lord in English, because I didn't even realize this stuff was buried in me, right? Um, I, I needed it to surface so that I could then bring it before him, right? And so I did that. Um, so that was preparing my case. And then I was just beginning to share with you about going to court and the protocol being that I couldn't just go in in an, in an earthly realm because I can't get to the third heaven where our heavenly court is. And it, I can't take the bus there or Uber there or drive there. Um, it, that is a spiritual transaction that happens, right? Um, and so um, being able to do that, preparing myself through worship, allowing me to be able then to uh, uh, present my case uh, before God. And, and I'm going to stop there and I'll pick it up uh, after we do our corporate prayer. And I'm going to pick up with explaining a little bit more and then we'll open up um, for discussion as I pass the call to our prayer warrior. God bless you. Okay, Dion is telling me that I can keep going. So um, when I got to the point where my case is together, like I feel confident in what the Lord has given me, um, one of which was, I told you was, why am I so impatient? Part of that has to do with control, wanting to be in control of um and it's weird, wanting to be in control. Um, that is generational for me, um, uh, control. Um, and recognizing that I can't be in control. And perfectionism, that's, that was another thing, too. Uh, because if I get there on time, if I get there before time, you know, um, uh, <laughs> impatience, wanting to hurry up and get to the place that I'm supposed to do so I can hurry up and do the things I'm supposed to do. That's the impatience part. But the being in control, um, if I hurry up and get there so that I can hurry up and get done the thing, I'm in control of the thing. Everything will line up the way that it's supposed to. I'll be able to accomplish everything that I'm supposed to accomplish. Well, that's, that's insane because I, I cannot be in control of everything, especially if I'm supposed to meet with somebody else. I'm, I'm going to have a meeting or I'm going to an event. I can't control when somebody else is going to be there. And so what, I'm, what I'll do is set myself up for frustration because you're not ready. Well, there comes a time and place when you should be ready. If you, if you and somebody or you and this group of people agree that you're going to meet at a certain place at a certain time, well, yeah, you, if you're coming there, then you, you guys agree on the time you're supposed to be there, and then you should be there at that time, right? You know, whatever. But I can't control flat tires. I can't control lost keys. That's, you know, I can't control um, uh, mechanical failures, right? So that, that, what the Lord told me is, is that you need to relax. Stop being in such a hurry, right? Stop being in such a hurry. And I am consciously today working on that, including having conversations with myself. Why, why are you, 
why are you why are you just I just felt myself amp up why are you doing that do you really need the adrenaline for that or is this a waste of adrenaline okay let me let me take a break because literally my body I feel I feel my body you know get ready okay let's get ready to run and it's not even necessary all the time there are absolutely times when it is appropriate for me to get ready to run and hurry up and do some stuff but not every single day multiple times a day okay that's one of the things this other thing i've talked about it before in my circle i may have talked about it on declare victory i don't really remember if i did i did it wasn't really i don't know but anyway i'm talking about it today this other had to do with me being me being a kid maybe maybe four four and a half i don't think i was more than five years old um we were at a public place we were at a public place and um A person, the person I was with was older. It was an older teenager. Um, and um, I didn't know it, but um, this person had a plan in their mind to retaliate against me for sharing information, answering a question that was asked of me of an adult. I was a kid. The adult asked me a question. They asked me what I saw. And I shared what I saw. Nobody told me that I shouldn't tell anybody what I saw, right? And so to get me back, um, rather than use physical violence, um, they used another weapon, which was emotion. And so it was a warm day in San Francisco. We were at Kizar Stadium. Um, I had a sundress on. It was warm enough that I didn't need a jacket or a sweater. So that was pretty hot for San Francisco, if you know where Kizar Stadium is. We are we are sitting up in the bleachers, and um, all of a sudden they say, "Come down, come 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 with me." And so you know, I'm a kid. I come with them. Cute little sundress. The way my sundress was made is that it it had a V neck, but the V neck, um, the bodice or the top of the dress. Um, was a V pattern, and the the material made a V because there were two parts that crossed over each other. Um, and so, um, uh, so it would it would give way. The fabric would give way. It wasn't just a, a V. It was that it it was a yeah. It crossed over each other. And if you you could open the V if you wanted to and make it a little bit more open or whatever. And I didn't have an undershirt on, you know, because it was a soup. It was a hot day, and so. Um, the person brought me down to the bottom of the bleachers where, you know, it was a bunch of teenagers and maybe adults that were there, but it was a, it was a nice sized crowd. If you think about Kizar Stadium and the person opened my top, not completely, but enough to expose my bare chest and said, stay there. And so I did, cause I didn't know what was going on. Um, and then, went back and sat down and left me there. And I didn't know what to do. And I, I felt that, I felt that um, something was wrong, but I didn't know what was wrong. And I knew that people were staring at me. And I think I started to cry. 
And at some point she must have come and got me and, you know, took that, but it was a joke. She left, she thought it was funny. And I think another person thought it was funny, but I remember um, another, a, a relative was there and that person did, and that person comforted me, I believe. That was buried. That three, that, that three-year-old buried that because I didn't know what to do with that. I just knew. So I felt like I was molested, though I wasn't physically. I felt like it. And I buried that. And the Lord revealed to me that the enemy used that. The accuser, the plaintiff, remember we talked about that in the earlier part of the, my, earthly de- my earthly explanation. My earthly explanation of the plaintiff and the accuser. The accuser used that. Because to this day, I really don't like crowds. I feel uncomfortable being in crowds. Now, I can master a crowd if I am, because it's a gift. If I am up front and I have a microphone or I am teaching or I'm singing. But to network with people or to just be in, I don't really, I I haven't really liked that up until now. I'm cool. I'm, I'm better. Because I, re- I have released that. I went to court about that. So I'm, I'm over that. Let me change my language. I'm over that. Um, and so I took that to court. But let me tell you what happened while I was in court. It took several minutes for me to say it out loud. I thought I was past it. But it took several minutes for me to say it out loud. And then something happened. I started to weep. I mean, I started to weep. Um, a, a weep of agony, um, a weep of grief, a weep of shame. Then I realized I had been ashamed, so shame came up. Um, and then um, there was a physical reaction. I started to shake. Um, I am possessed by the devil or whatever. I'm just sharing my experience. Not to scare you, but to share my experience. All of these things were necessary to get all that stuff out. And then I began to declare over my life, you meant that as evil, but God is going to turn it around for good. Who did I say that to? The accuser? He tried to get me to shut up. He tried to create an experience for me to shut me down. Again, he wasn't able to do it completely. In part, he was, but I knew I was a. I knew I knew I had an issue with like they would you you all would call it networking. I knew I had an issue with networking. Ah, I hate. I don't like doing that. I don't like. I don't like you know uh, asking people questions. I don't really want to be in front of. I don't really like big crowds. Yeah, I don't really. But I never knew why. It was important for me to go back to that experience to identify why, because part of who I am calls for me to be in big crowds. Part of my walk, part of my gift requires me to be in crowds. It requires me to network. It requires me to be on stage because that's part of who I am. That may not be your call and that may not, you, you are, and, but I can work in the background. So when I went to court for that and I pled before the Lord, I pled my case before the Lord, And I reminded the Lord of what he called me to do because he brought me here for purpose. And I can't do that if I'm afraid, right? And so what I did was 
I, I identified what it was. I confessed it as sin. The act was sin. I didn't sin, but the act against me was sin. And the offense that was levied against me, I confessed it. And I asked the Lord um, to take it out of the book of accusations, the accusations that the enemy has written and levied against me, right? And I asked him to, re- to, re- to forgive it as sin and forgive the consequences of the sin. What were the consequences in my case? The consequences in my case were that I was afraid of, or or not necessarily afraid of crowds, just didn't like being in crowds unless I was in front because being in front, I was in control. You get that? I was in control. It wasn't a bunch of people um, just looking at me. I was doing something. And then once I stopped doing something, then I'm getting out of here. I even confess today that I'm going to stop holding my head down when I leave from an audience and walk back to my seat. From now on, I am going to walk with my head held high and if necessary, make eye contact with the with whoever I'm in, uh, you know, uh, whoever the crowd is as I go back to my seat or I go back to my position. Right? That was a, that was a stronghold in my life so that I would feel so uncomfortable that I would say, yeah, no, I'm not going. I'm okay. I, yeah, I don't want to go. Or no, it's okay. I don't want to, you know, let somebody else do it. Right? So so in, in bringing my case before the Lord and that particular thing that the Holy Spirit helps me to identify, as much as God, listen, I've been saved for a long time. I've been before audiences for a long time. As much as God himself wanted to rid me of that, he couldn't. I had to bring the case before him. So I'm going to go back to my earthly case. As much as the judge wanted to help me with the verbiage, and I don't know if he would have ruled in our favor had I done that one thing, his hands were tied. He could not do it. The earthly judge could not do it. Because of the law, could not do it. So he had to rule in favor of our accuser, of our of the plaintiff. So, as many times as I've been before heaven's court, I've not been without, and sometimes without even realizing it. I I realized today. I've been before heaven's court many times. I just didn't have the verbiage. I didn't understand really what was going on. I mean, to the degree, like, uh, let me say it a different way. I did not know there was a protocol. Um, I did not know there was a method to what was happening. I went, but I didn't know. I didn't have the full knowledge of the experience, okay? Uh, I just didn't know. Now I know. And now that I know, I can share it with you so that it can be mastered, so that you can learn it, so you can share it with others. That's what this is about. This is not about posturing. This is not about trying to be better than one religion or another or one person or another and claim it. Listen, all I want is to be better, and in me being better, allow you to be better. Okay, so I'm going to get ready to wrap it up, and I know that we have a, uh, um, a prayer warrior, but I feel led. Um, I'm sorry, I did not hear who it was. I fled to lead us in prayer. 
um, this morning. Um, yes, but let ma'am. me let me wrap up. Okay, let me let me may have put on. Let me let me wrap up with this, you all. Um, as much as God loves me, I had to present this case to Him so that I could get free, so that I could be delivered from it. The deliverance from it came from me identifying it, speaking it out loud in the atmosphere, saying to, asking God to remove this accusation that the enemy for years has levied against me for years. But now that I have the knowledge, being able to say to God, God, I ask, I repeat, I agree. I was, I was afraid of crowds or I was just uncomfortable with being in crowds. Um, but, but I ask that you would forgive me of the sin, the consequence of the sin, that you would remove that accusation from the book of accusations, blot it out, never to be remembered, so that the enemy can never bring it up again. Father, that I'm equipped now fully to do what you've purposed me to do. Now I can operate in that, that gifting in liberty because, God, you've given me the liberty to do so. And knowing that God ruled in my favor. So I want you to take a breath, take a deep breath. If you have some water, get you some water. That was a lot. That was pretty heavy. That was that was heavy for me because I sense that God wants to do some healing even today. Um, yes. So we're going to pray now, and we're going to and 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 we're going to have corporate worship, but we're going to pray first. Father. We come before your presence this morning. We enter your gates, Lord Jesus, with thanksgiving. Thankful for the information that we have received up to today. Thankful for hungry hearts. Thankful um, for thirsty souls who want to be filled. Your word says that he that hungers and thirsts after righteousness will be filled. God, we just want to be better. We enter your courts with praise. Praising you because you are our God. You are our Father. You are our friend and you are our just judge. That's that's what your our righteous judge. That's what your word says. We praise you because um, we have the ingredients to be liberated. We can put sound behind. We can put sound behind our pain. We can be. We can put sound behind those things that have held us in bondage whether it is self-imposed bondage, whether it is generational bondage, 
God, we can put sound to it. And so this morning, as a people, as your people, as, as your sons and as your daughters, as your ambassadors, as a royal priesthood, we come before your courts with praise this morning. Thanking you, Father God, because you have equipped us. Ah, yes, you have equipped us with, with a voice of triumph. We no longer have to um, live in a life of a life of condemnation. We have a choice. We can make a decision about some. We can make a decision today. I'm not buying that anymore. I'm being I'm going to be free of that bondage as of today. We can make a decision no longer to buy into what we see. I'm not accepting that anymore. I'm not accepting that accusation anymore that I was this, that, or the other. I no longer accept what I see. I know what the medical report says. I know they showed it to me, but I know I will not accept that as my truth. I will be I will believe the truth of the Lord, the report of the Lord that says that by your stripes I am healed. By your stripes my family member is healed. By your stripes. Hallelujah. We are healed. We are healed from physical pain. We are healed from emotional pain. We are healed. That I send that I be we are healed from the wounds that sin has imposed on our lives. We are healed from being sin sick. Your word says, hallelujah, for those that are sick to call on the elders and let the elders lay hands on them. And so while we not, may not be in physical proximity, Father, spiritually, we begin to lay, we begin to lay our hands on the, on, the, soul, on the spirit of those that are sin sick. Father, we thank you and we praise you for the Holy Spirit that begins to reveal to those of us that are things that are buried. We don't we we've buried them so deep that we've forgotten about them. As we take a moment of silence, just stand before you, Father, and ask the Holy Spirit, what is it that we need to confess as sin? Holy Spirit, as you speak to us and you reveal to us those things that have kept us burdened or bound, as we have them in our minds, I want you to take your phone off mute. As you get that thing in your mind, 
And I want you to begin to worship God. I want you to begin to worship Him.
my good old friend Bree and she could tell me if that's a real term, um, but that's what it felt like for me. It may it may not be anything to do with molestation, but absolutely something that you may have buried just because you couldn't deal with it. We compartmentalize as human beings when our psyche does not have the capacity to deal with a particular thing, I believe to avoid a break. Um, but in order for us to be liberated, in order for us to be free, it is important for us to address that particular thing or those things so that we can be liberated. But if there's a proper way to do it so that you're not doing it by yourself, um, so that you are um, protected from further harm, from further hurt. And part of that is what we experience today. So in the atmosphere that we were in, which is one of the reasons why you don't want to go before the court in a, in, through the natural realm. Um, you want to, um, because for one thing, thank you, Holy Spirit, it will be <laughs> approaching heaven's court allows us to be outside. Somebody needs to mute your phone, please. Just double check it. I just heard some background. It sounded like you were on speaker as well. So one of the things, another thing that happens is, is that you are protected emotionally, physically, and spiritually when you bring your case before heaven's court. It's not you doing it on your own. Like, for example, with a self-help book and you're trying to get healed from some stuff that happened. You would be doing that in the earth's realm. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. You could just open up other doors that could cause further harm. But we are protected by the spirit of God, especially when we uh, approach the throne group. Listen, there's a, there are bailiffs in heaven. Okay, let me use this example again. There are bailiffs in the earthly court. They are there to help keep order. There are, there are angels in heaven's court, right, that serve as bailiffs. Someone is doing something in the background. I don't know if you're getting ready for work or you're at work, but your phone is, is off of mute and we hear you. You're not talking, it's the movement. This is a very, very important point. For some reason, I need to drive home and I want you to get it. We are, when we are in court, we are protected. The enemy cannot First, first of all, we are covered by the blood, okay? I'm not saying that outside of heaven's court that we are, you know, we're not protected. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying there's an added layer of protection, especially when we are addressing things from our past that we will, we will obtain, that we have when we're in um, God's presence as opposed to when we are not trying to do things in and of ourselves. I hope that makes sense. As we open it up for discussion, if you have questions, you can. So I just want you wanted you to know we entered a safe space. We did transition. When you, what does heaven's court look like? What does what did that what is that process? What does it? Um, okay, thank you for this. Um, listen, if you have your Bible, if not, I'll read it to you. Luke twelve fifty eight. 
as you are going with your adversary to the magistrate, try hard to be reconciled on the way, or your adversary may drag you off to the judge, and the judge turn you over to the officer, and the officer throw you into prison. Right, so you want to make sure that um, that you are reconciled. With, again, going back to worship and not being able, not going before um, heaven's court just in any old kind of way, right? Our worship reconciles us. It puts us in position to be reconciled with God. We cool. We're not doing anything in self. Okay. Um, um, and so, so there. Um, I, what I was going to explain one more thing, then I'll open the call up. But Tanya, how do we know when we're in heaven's court? It's happened to you many, many times. On this call, we didn't realize that's what, before we had this knowledge, we didn't realize that was really taking place. You know, we didn't have the verbiage, right? Um, it's happened to you at church. It's even happened to you at home. If these, if 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 one or a combination of these things happened, you were in prayer or you were in worship, and you literally forgot about the people. Not that you lost your mind, but you literally forgot about time. You forgot about the people that are were around you. You were not ashamed to cry out or to cry or to shout, meaning to give a loud voice or to dance. Uh, I'm a dancer or to dance. I don't dance so well secularly, but I I do um, spiritually. But to dance, to lift your hands in worship, and you realize your hands have been up for a while. Um, like you, you, um, it's not like you lost, I am going to say that, like you lost consciousness of your surroundings. It almost felt like you were being, like you were transported. Like you, you felt like you went to another that's how I describe being in heaven's court. That's what it feels like for me. Your experience may be a little bit different, but any of the combination of those things for me is, is how I feel when I'm in heaven's court. So while we were praying today, just a few minutes ago, some of you did and some of you didn't because you were reserved um, and maybe because you were at work and you couldn't, but there were those of you who, who did. But all of us got, we got transported. I felt it. When I, even when I said about, like, I felt myself interceding for you in tongues. For, for those of you that were under the sound of my voice, I felt myself interceding for you. I felt myself spiritually laying hands on you, praying for you, covering you. Okay. So I wanna, I've done a lot, a lot, a lot of talking, and I know there may be questions. I'll do my best to answer them. Dion, though, before I open it up, I'm gonna, we're going to give you a chance to say good morning. Dion, uh, is there anything that you need to say at this juncture before I open the call up? No, I'll, I'll cover what, what the Lord gave me during your share um, during Love, Life, and Victory. We can go ahead and make sure that the people are greeted. Okay. So, and uh, good morning to all of you, um, and uh, <laughs> this is Love, Life, and, I mean, this is the Love, Life, and Victory portion of our call, but just before we get ready to go into the discussion, if you didn't get a chance to say good morning when our amazing host, Susie, was greeting this morning, now is your opportunity to do so, uh, especially if this, before I open it to everybody, if this was your first time calling, 
you'd like to say good morning, we'd first like to extend the invitation to you. This is your very first time calling. Okay, it's open to everybody. Hi, good morning. My name is Trish. Happy to be on the line today. Thank you for your oh, prayer and your wisdom. Hey, Trish, is this your first time calling? Yeah, this is my first time calling. Yay! I knew somebody was out there. Yay, Trish, welcome. We are delighted that you made a decision to call in this morning. Um, Who invited you? Uh, Carla Johnson. Carla Johnson, awesome. Um, well, I, I again, we invite you to call back again. We're here Monday through Saturday uh, at 6 a.m., same call-in number. We even have a couple of things going on in the evening. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but definitely want to encourage you to keep calling. There is something in store for you here, Trish. I love people with T names. <laughs> Amen. All right. Um, anybody uh, Anybody else want to say good morning? Good morning, Juliet. Hi, Juju. Hey. Good morning, Jay. It's Mona. Good morning. Hey, Mona. And hey, who else was that? Catherine. Hey, Catherine and Cindy. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Who who else just said good morning? Okay. Good morning. Good morning to you anyway. Anybody else? Good morning. This is Juanita. Good morning to you, dear. Who else was that? Barbara. Hey, Miss Barbara. Anyone else? Yes, good morning. This is Jacqueline. Good morning. Hi, Jacqueline. Good morning. All right. Um, if nobody else wants to say good morning, we're going to open the call up for uh, the Love, Life, and Victory um, portion of the call, and that just simply mean, means that um, we can't you if you have a question about um, the share if you need a little bit more clarity about the share or the Lord gave you a revelation uh, or I like to call it a God nut you have a God nugget that you want to share that's the, that's what we call the love life and victory portion of the call uh, it is open and I don't have a bunch of questions for you guys um, but if somebody has again questions needs clarity or what have you uh, now's the time to um, speak. And if you could identify yourself, like, you know, this is Tanya, da-da-da-da-da, uh, so, so I'll know who I'm talking to and I'll know how to address you. Hey, sis, before before we go real deep into um, Love, Life, and Victory, there were a couple of things that you said that um, as soon as you said, then the Lord started dropping scripture in my head, one of the things that you said that I think was huge, and I think we all need to understand um, as we grow and we come out of tradition, out of religion, and walk into relationship and kingdom. One of them uh, was you talked about scales, right? If you think about scales as it relates to the law, it is the indicator or the emblem. Uh, somebody needs to turn the water off or mute your phone. Amen. 
Um, Proverbs 16 and 11 says this, honest scales and balances belong to the Lord. All the weights in the bag are of his making. That's Proverbs 16 and 11. One of the things that we talk about here on the call quite frequently is having balance. You ever met somebody that was so safe they couldn't have a standard conversation or so religious or so traditional that everything was based on the weight of what they understand? Well, the reality is that scales are biblical. And, and the more we go into this, the more you'll understand that life is litigation right? With no evidence, there can be no conviction. With no evidence, there can be no conviction. Then the Lord gave me um, two, two different scriptures. Um, right now, what's happening uh, in, in this Declare Victory family is we are getting a key. We, are, we have been given access to break some things off of our life. Historically, um, generationally, and as it relates to walking into divine purpose. Matthew 16, 19 says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. That's Matthew 6 and 19. The second scripture that he gave me, which is what we do every day, and now we can do it more effectively. Now we can aim at specific targets. First Chronicles 9 and 27. They spent the night around the house of God because the watch was committed to them. Now, whether or not you understand it, you guys right now are on a watch or in the middle of a watch. There are hours that are set that are specific. Some of you that wake up between the hours of 12 and 3 a.m. Some of you wake up uh, or, or, or feel the burden to pray for the sons of a stranger between the hours of 9 and 12. There are watches that you are assigned to. The end of that scripture says this, and they were in charge of opening it morning by morning. That's, that's our watch. Every morning, we have a responsibility to open up the heavens, right? And we open the heavens with our entrance. We open the heavens with our worship. We open the heavens with our praise and with our prayers. We open the heavens with our supplications. We're not just making this up. I, I say all the time, do not take anyone's word for the word. Know the word for yourself. This watch this particular dispensation we are assigned to right we are assigned to we have been assigned to this particular um this particular area of prayer for the last six years i've been assigned to this area of prayer for, for 24 years right but until i understood the nature of the truth of what it means to have a watch. I didn't even know I was watching, child. <laughs> Amen. So that's all. I just wanted to share that. This is in the word. This is not our agenda. This is not our objective. Objective. This is instituted. Um, and, and we are only to execute what God has instituted. We are following the protocol. We are following the agenda and the objective of heaven. That's it. I'm quiet.
Awesome, awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, thank yeah. you for that. Oh, go ahead. I was going to ask you, uh, she said she was coming from First Chronicles what? What was that? Sorry, I went back on mute. That is First Chronicles 9 and 27. Thank you, sis. So here's what, let me let me say this. Um, <clears throat> the concept of heaven's courts was a little bit odd to me when I first heard about it because I've been saved like my whole life almost since I was like 19 years old, and I had not heard it before. And you know I was like, mm, but I'm open because I'm not. Um, I am not. I've been freed from tradition. Let me just say it like that. I've been liberated from tradition. And I'm, I know that I didn't get, like, I'm, I'm still learning, in other words. But I'm also careful in what I allow myself to be exposed to. So I listened, and, and it made sense logically, and I also started to do my study. And because of the way that the Holy Spirit moved uh, so quickly, I was like, oh, yeah, there's something to this. I don't fully, I'm going to learn it. I don't fully, fully know it and understand it and even have all of the, you know, all of the, 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 the lingo, all of the language, the proper language, the proper terms yet, but I will, um, which is why I struggled a little bit today. I know what I feel, but to say it in the right terms so that it's not a, it wasn't a turn off to you. And then the Holy Spirit said, girl, say that word, <laughs> just say it. You know, it's, it is what it is. People are going to, you know, I don't need to try to protect the gospel. The gospel is, the gospel is self-sufficient. It is fully contained. You know, it can do what it needs to do. It, without me, my little old needs be self trying to protect it or thinking that somebody might think the wrong thing, right? Um, so, but at any rate, um, uh, some of the terminology that, that I used, I wanted to make sure that I gave you a context about court so you could get a better understanding. Um, because one of the uh, one of the videos that I watched uh, about it said that they the the instructor was saying that they actually pictured a courtroom. That helped me to better understand, you know, um, what we were talking about. So any any questions? Anybody need clarity on um, what was discussed? Uh, anybody had any similar experiences? Anybody? Um, uh, whatever. This the floor is open. We won't be hey, the dead horse. This is Lisa. Yes. Hey, Lisa. I wanted to read. Hey, um, thank you for your share. Um, I must admit, and I know you can identify with this, some of the stuff can be uncomfortable, um, mm -hmm. especially when we've just been in church for so long and learned what we've learned. And we know there's nothing new under the sun. There's just new revelation for us, right? And I love right. how God is just piecing things together, right? He's just opening up our eyes, and now we can see some things a little more clearly. I want to read Matthew 16 and 19 in the Amplified Version, and that's the verse Dion just quoted. And I was going to be, it was going to be part of my share Saturday, so I don't know. It still may be if that's what the Lord says. Well, anyway, this is what it says in the Amplified. It says, I will give you the keys, authority of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind, forbid, declare to be improper and unlawful on earth will have already been bound in heaven and whatever you loose permit declare lawful on earth will have already been loosed in heaven you hear the terminology 
lawful. Yes, I do. And it's amazing how just being a different version will give you a different perspective and it will give you a little bit more so that we can dive in deeper. I believe because of Declare Victory being what it is, which is training ground, that for those who are ready to lay hold of this truth, um, we first have to have a willing mind. And God's going to continue to reveal and illuminate, but I would say soften your heart. But then I would also challenge everybody, like you just said and Dion said, to study for yourself. Because when we face these things and we go through these things in life, we can't just stop and pick up the phone and call declare victory, right, and try to get some instructions. No, now's the training ground so that we can use these things in our lives to be impactful and effective in the kingdom. Not just for us, but for our family and for generations and for the things that we just had no language for. I get it. We've been doing some stuff, but we had no language. And I think if we apply the word wrongly without the proper context, thank you, Holy Spirit, for, you know, giving us grace and mercy. But now that we know better, we have the responsibility to do better. So, um, yeah, going before his throne boldly where we may obtain mercy and find grace. Just because he has mercy on us, we can throw ourselves at the mercy of the court. But knowing that is because of what Christ did for us on the cross. If we don't know that, you can't even go to the court. Right. Because everything against us is going to be guilty. Because the truth is we're guilty. Thank Lisa, you. Thank you. Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. That was really good. I hear our company, a couple of epiphanies that I had. If you listen to, if you recall a couple of words, lawful. Why would God talk about law, something being lawful, if there wasn't a law, right? And I'm not talking about the Old Testament either. I'm not just talking about that. Whether something is lawful or unlawful means that there has to be a law. If it's unlawful, that means the law was broken. If, the, if it is lawful, that means it's permitted. Why would that be there? Why would the, why would the Bible talk about come before his court? Why would the why would the Bible um, refer to God as a righteous judge and a just judge? How, how about this thing? Okay. All things are lawful. Da, 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 da. Uh, listen. But not explicit. <laughs> Come on now. Say it. Hey, it just ties together. <laughs> Love that. It's, 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 it word. goes back. It's, it goes back to what we have in right now is. Um, Spiritual cataract surgery <laughs> without the bother of having to put in those steroid drops <laughs> in order for you to, in order for, your, for your eyes to listen. Ooh, I got a whole But that's why you that. said remove the scales listen. from their eyes, right? I once listen. was blind, listen. but now I see. He is, all he's doing is illuminating what he already illuminated. We just been in the dark. Y'all to stop doing we my, just, yeah, my We've been in the dark. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Listen, he came to set the captive free, and to for those that were blind. Hello, this is what he did in Isaiah sixty-one. This is what he talks about. Bringing it to the New Testament. He came to set the captives that were locked up in jail bound free, and those that could not see give sight to the blind because of the veil. But remember, the veil had been torn. Now even the veil and the scales from my eyes are being removed, even in the soul. 
Somebody needs to mute, please. Please check your phone. Please mute your line. Go ahead, Lisa. Finish with your turn. I was just saying that even with the veil being torn, the veil gave access, right, for what Christ did. But the veils of our eyes and the scales of our eyes, even today, the eyes are blinded by Satan, the God of this world, for those that won't believe. And that's where we're coming after the church now. Okay, somebody has your phone on speaker and the mute is off, which is why we are hearing an echo. Please check your phone. Please. We still hear it. Can you identify that somebody who is doing the board? Okay, I think we got it. You you know I'm trying. Yeah, I know you are. Um so a couple of things. I jokingly said something about cataracts, but the Holy Ghost said, no, use that. So I, I literally I had cataract surgery about a year ago, and it has been a challenge to um, get weaned off of these drops um, that I have to take post-surgery. Um, but here's here's the epiphany that I got. So literally, I was partially blind, and I didn't know it. That's the thing. Because over time, what had happened, slowly but surely, my eyes started to um, get worse. My vision started to get worse. And so what we did was we changed the prescription of my glasses so I could see better. Um, and then one of the tests, the doctors said, um, oh, yeah, you, he knew, they diagnosed me with cataracts when I was like 40-something, 40 40-something. 40 um, and then a few years later, they were worse. And he was like, that's pretty aggressive. We need to do the surgery, blah, 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 blah. So I had it. I did not realize until after I had the surgery how poor my vision was. So the 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 the, the cataract surgery, I don't even need glasses anymore. That's like I have twenty twenty vision now. So my point is this: if we look at the new information that we're getting, it it literally is like the scales have been removed, the, the blind are now able to see whether it's because we were operating, right? We were saved. It's not like we were in complete darkness. We were just blinded to certain things. Now we have been exposed. The veil has been removed. The the we have been our our old cataracts have been replaced with more efficient ones, so we can see now. And we're coming into the knowledge of the truth to understand we've been operating in this realm already. We just didn't have the language for it. We just didn't realize what we were doing. Here's language we would use. Oh, you know, the Lord met us today. No, he didn't. We met him because the king never goes to the subject. <laughs> he doesn't. In the real world today, if you go to a monarchy, the king, he, he, they come to him. They come to his court. They come to his area, wherever that is. That you come to me. That's that's an exercise of power. Same thing with there's a certain protocol with our president, president of the United States. You notice he don't go to people's houses. <laughs> you go to the White House. He's not coming to you. He don't go to the news station. There's a whole that the reporters come. Well, that's a whole nother story. They they're supposed to be able to come to him to you know. 
in, you know, get questions answers and stuff like that. It just depends on what mood he is, right? Um, but but there are certain protocols with people who are in a high office. We don't have a king here in our company in our country because we're not under a monarchy. We're 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 under a democracy. So there is a protocol on what whoever is the chief executor, or the king, whoever, whatever position they hold, right? So the same with God. We so in our church we would say, Oh girl, God, the, the Holy Ghost came in today. He and and he we had a time. That's kind of that's what we talking about. And that's what we was talking about in church, that we was really in heaven's court. And you could stay there for a lot for a while. There there are trials where in in real life they all day long. really happens. Anyway, more questions. Here, let me tell you this other epiphany, and then maybe you guys don't have any, and I'll, I'll give you some time back. Oh, not really, because it's 742. Let me tell you this other epiphany that I had a few, a couple of weeks ago. We know that God loves us unconditionally. We, we're clear on that, right? He forgot to love the world. He gave his only begotten son. He that believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He made a way for us to escape sin. Um, <clears throat> however, sin is deplorable to God. Um, when we, when we make a decision to consciously or subconsciously sin to satisfy the lust, the lust of the flesh. And I'm not necessarily talking about sex either. The lust of the flesh could be, I need this particular thing, so I'm going to steal it. I'm going to manipulate my way into getting it. I'm going to do something or it, it could be anything. Lust of the flesh. We generally, we sin because there's something that we want. And so we do what we feel we need to do in order to get it, okay? So that's that's my context of lust of the flesh. And so what I heard the Lord say is, is that while sin is very, very serious, he absolutely hates it. God loves us. He doesn't punish us. There are consequences for our actions, but he's not necessarily punishing us because you, you know, you lied. He's not necessarily punishing us because now there might be a consequence. The consequence of the lie is all liars will have their part in hell. That's one of the consequences. Um, liar, somebody who lies all the time, you never stop. Yeah, you're going to find yourself in hell for lying. Yes, not just for murdering and stealing and all the other things that we can do, right? Okay, so going back to sin, God absolutely loves us. But he, he will, he, as a, just as a people, he, he forgives us. He's already made a way. He knew we were going to do. He's already forgiven us. But there are consequences. So when we think about heaven's court, um, the way that he showed it to me is that, and remember the judge I told you, he wanted to help me, but his hands were tied. He literally could not help me. So um, if we have sin present in our lives, um, uh, things that we have not addressed, the enemy gets to use that as a weapon against us before heaven's court. So let me let me use me as an example. This recent thing that I talked about, um, perhaps there is an opportunity for me to, I don't know, do I don't know, do conferences or something. And 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 it's supposed to, you know, there's a somebody has contracted me. They want me to do trainings for them, you know, once a month for you know ten thousand dollars a month um, for the year of 2020. Let's just use that as an example. Um, and we start the paperwork to, to complete the contract, but it stops. There is a hiccup. We're not able to complete the paperwork. Well, 
and I'm just make I'm this is what I'm using as an example, okay? <laughs> We're not able to use the paperwork. So there it, it we what's going on? Lord, I can't figure out what's going on. It's been a week, it's been two weeks, now it's going on a month. They said that they were gonna tie this thing up in a matter of a week. You know, we gone on sixty days now. Should I should I make preparation? What's going on? The, you know, I'm in contact with the people, but they're saying, you know, there's some things they need to work out. They assured me that they want to still move forward with the contract for next year. Um, and what, what has happened is, is that the enemy has used this thing with me and crowds. Yeah, you can't let her do that because she, she don't like crowds. She's not self-confident when she's before crowds. So if you do that, you she's, she, yeah, you can't do that. Because I'm going to be able to do X, Y, and Z if she tried to. And that would be, un you would be an unjust judge if you did that. You gave her lead way to do this, and she's not completely free over this because I got her for this. But by me confessing uh, and going, taking that issue before the court, now the enemy can no longer use that as, an, as, as, a, as a legal way for God to not grant me the blessing of this contract i hope this is making sense right he can no longer use he's no, he's he is he, now what he's trying to use as a weapon against me he can't use it anymore because i've already said yep i agree and i, I confess <laughs> i confess it as sin i ask that you forgive me of the sin and the consequences of it remove it from the book of accusation that the enemy has been able to use as his case against me remove that particular thing about me from his book never to be again remembered and I'm free of that now. Now the contract is signed because of based upon what I did. So what 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 are you trying to say, Tanya? Yes, sin is deplorable to God. He loves us, but it's the sin that ties His hands to prevent Him from being able to do some of these things that we have been praying for. Remember, I think it was yesterday. Dion said that she had she imagined that some of our blessings are on a shelf, just waiting for us to get them. But because we have things that are um, hindering us, it could be sin, it could be generational curses, whatever it is, we've not done the work to find out what is hindering these things that you've been praying for. You've been praying for your kids for the last, you know, 5, 10, 15 years. Why haven't they been delivered from this? What What is it? Holy Spirit, reveal it to me. Again, this is why you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Not just for speaking in tongues, although that's a part of it. Because when we speak in tongues, we use our, our, our language to communicate back to heaven. We, are, we have an advocate that is advocating on our behalf. It's not just about the emotion. Okay, so did my example make sense about the fact that God loves us? He wants to be, literally, wants to be able to get these things to us that we've that we've asked him for he wants us to bless us but if there is sin present the enemy can use that sin as accusation against us as a reason why god cannot bless us does, does anybody have a question hey, Ted, on that? Can, can i yes. say can i say this on the heels let me let me make mm -hmm. it even clearer <clears throat> does anybody remember prepaid legal yeah yes right Prepaid yes. legal meant you had an attorney on staff 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you paid a, a monthly fee to make sure that that was in place. Get this. The Holy Spirit 
is our prepaid legal. <laughs> That's good. Right? So, so even though we have, um, we want to voice something, we don't have to because we have an attorney present 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The advocate, the attorney speaks for us. The attorney knows the language of the courts. The attorney understands the legal jargon necessary to um, get you exonerated. Listen, if there is no evidence, there is full exoneration. If there is no evidence, you are fully restored back to your rightful place. Now, ironically, myself and a couple of other friends are in litigation. So I'm going to say this. I'm going to testify of Jesus this morning. Tanya and I are in litigation with regard to foreclosures wrongfully. And I'm going to say it out loud because I need you all to be the witnesses. I need y'all to be Hebrew 12 when it's all said and done. Very long-standing, long-running case. And Tan, we need to prepare our case and go to court. It's time. Um, with that said, because um, the timing of the Lord is always perfect. Now, before, Tanya did not have the language to go before the court and ask the judge to render a verdict in her favor, which is why he allowed us to go through this, so that when this season came, right, he's always multiple steps ahead of us. Now that we recognize we got prepaid legal, we can consult the advocate as to how to present our case, i.e., the Holy Spirit, right? In so doing, now where we are unequipped, the Holy Spirit is fully equipped, and he is our comforter, which means that he can share with us from the counsel or the wisdom of the counsel of God, which is part of the seven spirits of God, what we do in this case as he advocates on our behalf, right, as we approach the court and ask what is blocking the favor. Just so you know, I just had to say that. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. So Not I have sorry. a question. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, go ahead, yes, ma'am. Okay. So Tanya, you used your example as what happened when you were a little girl. Yeah. But you, the sin wasn't yours. So because you didn't know that that was what was hindering you. And you wasn't the accuser. Why is it? Why has it been your responsibility to bring it to the court when you didn't even know that that was it? That that was the thing. So what if somebody has been really traumatized and there's like a whole bunch of stuff? You got to list all the stuff and take all the stuff to God so that you can be free. So whatever he brought up for me just when we were in prayer, that stuff, I'm just trying to understand. Yes, pretty. Um, that's a great question. And, Dion, you can, you can help with the answer. No, I did not sin. I was a baby. I didn't even know what was going on. Um, the sin was levied against me. And so um, there's a scripture that says, just agree with your adversary quickly, right? 
um, there was absolutely consequences. The consequence was, as I explained, my dis I don't really care for the crowd. Um, and so what I will say to you is this. You will need to go before the court with whatever the Holy Spirit gives you. Because that's what needs to be addressed. Okay, I got it. Does that make sense? And it might be, Makes listen, sense. Let, me, let, me, let me tell you this. Because um, I, I didn't say this part in the declaration. I was absolutely overwhelmed. I was, like, my body started to shake. And I felt shame that I had never felt before. Like, why am I feeling this? Like, I, I didn't realize how heavy it was. And so I'm saying that to prepare you and others, which is why you want to make sure you have worshiped first and you're not doing this out of self. Self is trying to, and you want to be careful, guard your heart with due diligence. You want to be careful that in, um, as you begin to prepare your case, um, that you do so in prayer, that you don't do, that you don't overwhelm yourself while you're just going uh, about your daily functions and start to think about things that happened and when it happened and what you could have done and what you should have done or this would have been different, guilting yourself. That's not what we're talking about in preparing your case. So when, I, when I'm saying, so yes, you're going to address it, but you're not going to dwell on it. Does that make sense, Pretty? Yes. You're not dwelling on it in the natural. It's going to be addressed in the spiritual. So this happens in prayer. And so when the enemy tries to bring up stuff, because he did with me, because when you was a little, ah, shut up. I'm not, I'm not buying, I'm not listening to none of that. I don't have to buy that. Um, I don't have to buy, God, I thank you that, and I began to quote scriptures or whatever. I didn't even really, and to be honest, it didn't even come up a whole bunch. I'm talking about after the fact. Um, uh, memories of things like uh, this morning a little bit going back there, and then I reminded myself, no, I'm free from that. You can't even accuse me of that anymore. Stop it. I'll, stop it. Not, I'm not talking to the devil. Stop it. I'm saying, Tanya, stop it. Don't even allow yourself to bring up stuff, and, and then you uh, be found, find yourself having to repent again for accepting and owning the stuff again. I hope this makes sense to you. But, um, yeah, so, Dion, you want to add to, especially the first part of the question? Yeah, I yeah. I, I did Can it I throw a scripture in real quick? I'm sorry, I'm at work. I just want to throw a scripture real quick. John 4, 24, and you talked about approaching him in worship. He says, God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in and truth. So that just confirms what you just said, Tan. Thank you, Lisa. Go ahead, Dion. Um, so so one of the things, pretty asked, why why would you have to confess something and you didn't do anything but the problem comes when you own what the enemy accuses you of right so there is therefore no condemnation so condemnation always has a core it always has a root um shame and guilt always have a core they always have a root it is a say it again it is a direct reflection of the impact of the sin against you, right? So they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Uh, they that love the Lord must love the Lord with their all their heart, all their mind, all their strength, and all their soul. Sins are always committed against our soul, right? So we got holes in our soul. 
that's where the love of Jesus comes and fills that place that's been infiltrated or penetrated or damaged or broken, and he begins to repair it. Um, when you consider the sins that have been, um, uh, the things that have been sinned against you, so get this, um, this may be revelation for Tan. I could feel her anxiety as she was sharing. If you, um, All of this is a whole bunch in total because there's a level of vulnerability or a layer of vulnerability that most of us are just unfamiliar with, right? So what happened was, regardless of, of if, and Tan, this may be information to you. Um, I'm sorry, guys. I'm taking Josiah to school. Forgive my noise. Um, there is forgiveness necessary for the person that tried to set her up. You understand? So, so even though you may not recognize that someone hurt you and offended you and it is buried underneath a whole bunch of stuff, now what it does is it illuminates a historical sin or a sin of, of old right, that was infiltrated against you that you didn't even know you still had an ought with. So that pain was tied to a person. There is now forgiveness necessary for the person so that there is no longer an offense. Guard your heart with all of your diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Well, the, the reality is things have been done to us over years and years and years. Right now as I'm, I'm, uh, I'm talking, uh, when I was a, a girl, my cousins drew pictures, or no, I drew pictures of naked people, right? Stick figures almost. Well, my cousins, my two older cousins that I used to live with, took those pictures and blackmailed me to do their chores because I didn't have sense enough to know that I hadn't done anything other than be a kid, and they should have helped me. And so now I have to forgive them. I have to take that to court, right? So now it's my responsibility. I didn't even know that there was an offense. I loved them, you know, very much. But it does not mean that, that in time they've not hurt me or done something that, that caused pain, right? So, so now there, there was a level of guilt and shame that I suffered as a result of them doing that because it was extortion to a kid. Does that make sense? Now you see how just in talking about it, the Lord revealed a scale was removed, right? A layer of blindness, a blind spot that I had not seen. So I have, uh, which is why we say, forgive the sin and the, the consequence of the sin, both known and unknown, and blot it out of the book of hell, right? You breaking up, Dion? Dion, yes. go back. Dion, you broke up really bad, so we lost you oh, after you said. Let me tell you where we lost you. If we can, but you, okay. we lost you after you said the book of hell. We lost you after okay. that. It was breaking up. Okay. Okay. So. So we, we ask that the sin, the consequence of the sin, not only be forgiven, but be blotted out of the book of hell, right? So now, again, if there is no crime and no evidence for the crime, there can be no consequence or a judgment. You have to wrap your mind around the reality 
that our responsibility is to discover every accusation that was brought against us. Now, we may die having left some things undone, but I believe that response when we start to do the work or the pain, if you, you read Job in its entirety, um, I'd encourage you to listen to it on your Bible app. There are so many nuggets um, in that whole chapter simply because Job was considered a righteous man. What I discovered as I read is that regardless, and, and I've even had to deal with this in my, own, in my own psyche and in my own heart with regard to some of the things that happened to me, I had developed a, a layer of resentment that I had to do all of this by myself, right? Even though, we, you know, if we could front if we want to, but there is pain in the process, right? And sometimes we'll get bitter without even knowing we've gotten bitter. And we may even be able to operate above what appears to be bitterness. We may never get to the, to the darkest place of some people. But when you start to uncover um, and, and agree with what heaven says about you, he begins to show you the things that keep you from being everything that he already called you. Right, so now we're just waiting on manifestation. We're waiting on the manifestation of our full selves. And so some of the stuff you're not not guilty of, you're guilty of the emotion tied to the stuff. So let that me tell you what the Holy Spirit showed me while we were okay. in worship. Okay. So I have been in therapy. Um, I close doors like I'm in the house full of people, and I will close the door. Like, I'm trying to protect, that's what makes me feel safe, right? So my husband, my daughter, everybody, mom, why are you closing the door? I don't know why I close the door. It makes me feel better. Um, and so I've shared this with, with my support group, but the Holy Spirit just gave to me that when I was a young girl, somebody broke into my cousin's house when I went to spend the night. And the man came in the window where I was, and and they woke me up and told me that um, the robber went through the house and searched through everything and went through my cousin's purse. Everything was laid out on the floor, and she asked me, did I see anything? And I said, I thought I saw the black shadow go through the window, but I thought I was dreaming. And so from then from then on, I had been afraid. But 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 that was years ago. I was about 10, 11 or something like that. Well, the Holy Spirit just brought that back to my remembrance and told me that that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. I just had the conversation with my husband yesterday about because he gets offended and think that it's for it's I'm I'm closing him out, which that's what it looks like. It looked like that to him. It looked like that to my daughter. And I couldn't explain. I, I kept saying, I don't know why. I don't know why. Well, the Holy Spirit just told me that's why. So that is get, powerful. Get, get, okay, get go ahead. Get, get this, right? So... Right, so so the enemy's job is to steal, kill, and to destroy. The enemy's job is to use accusation 
to create dissension or separation. So he took uh, an offense from a burglar and has been attempting to use it to extort you or to blackmail you via your family. You understand what I'm saying? Like, like if you ever watched the movie Needful Things, right? It'd be the littlest. If you haven't watched the movie Needful Things, it is a very um, telling movie. It will empower you to see some things because the enemy's job is he uses ploy. He uses illusion, delusion, and confusion to keep you in a place of bondage. And he'll use little things to nitpick at somebody else around you, right? So, so now he used an offense, a crime that was committed against you to attempt to distort your relationship with your husband. Now, when you take the power from him, so now you got to forgive the man for causing fear, right? Because fear torments. Mm-hmm. You get, right? So, so all these little bitty things lend and lead to all these additional things. But see, when you get awakened, when you get enlightened, now you take the power from him. Now you can intentionally, every time you get ready to close a door, when you walk into a room, because now it's a habit, right? You turn around and you make sure the door is open. So now, every and every time you do it, crack up laughing. Ah, fucker, because I am safe in him. My safety is in Christ Jesus. I am protected. I am covered. I walk under the the, pre- the very presence of God. And power lives on the inside of me. Now you are empowered to change what he attempted to use to extort you. Shane, ha! He got exposed Amen. this morning. Amen. Praise his name. Hallelujah. Okay. Well, can I say something? Absolutely. Um, can I, I hear two people? Okay. Two or yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So my name is Trish, and um, like for the last year, um, I've had like a pain on my side. And so, anyways, long story short, um, I had went into the doctor like two weeks ago, and they're telling me it's something, but they don't know what it is. So I have a CT scan today. But from last week, I went home and I started like just kind of praying. And I've been walking with the Lord since I'm I was 21. I'm 50 now. So um, anyway, so um, as I prayed and I asked God, like, okay, God, what is it? Because I know it's a spiritual thing. I know it's something that I'm not dealing with. And um, and he brought up stuff that I'm angry about. Like, I'm angry about stuff that happened as a little girl. And um, I'm, even though me and my mom have healed in so many areas, I'm still mad. I'm still mad on just the stuff I had to go through. And I realized I have not released it. And I'll be honest with you, I don't even know how to release it. You know, um, I didn't even know it was like there. I didn't know I was bitter. I didn't know I was angry. I didn't know until I got with God on, okay, God, what is it? And it's like, once I release all this stuff, that pain on the side will will go away. Because God is dealing, dealing with me on my inside and my inner man. And, um, but I realize I'm angry, you know, and, and I'm mad. Um, even though, like I said, me and my mom are in such a better place. Um, she bullied me when I was a kid and, uh, just, you know, said things to me that was, that just kind of was really painful and hurtful. And, um, and I would say things back, you know, but like I said, um, 
I gave my life to Christ at age 21, so I had to learn how to do something different. And although I changed, my mom still hadn't changed. And as time went on and God continued to have me confront her but do it in a loving way, it was like I had to give her back her stuff, which caused her to now show up in my life differently, you know, where she could no longer talk to me any old kind of way. Um, But then when I got married, her jealousy of not being able to – have the relationship she might have wanted with my dad, it would trigger when she would see me and my husband. Um, and then she would attack me again with just words. And um, But I wouldn't respond to it. But emotionally, it would be like a hangover. Um, but I, you know, again, I would have to give her her stuff back. But for me, it's like I would have to regroup because it would take me back to that place where the little girl was paralyzed on the inside, you know? And um, anyways, just a lot of deep stuff, you know? And um, and I just really need God to heal me completely uh, emotionally. And like I said, me and my mom, I take her on, we take her on all the vacations. I have two little girls. I'm married, been married for uh, 12 years. And we take her on vacations and we do so much, but I'm harboring stuff. Um, that I didn't even know was there. Like I said, God just revealed it to me last week that I'm still angry and I'm bitter and I'm mad because of the way my mom and my relationship was. Like we were just so disconnected and um, and I didn't know how to fix it as a kid, you know? And so I drank alcohol and, you know, I have 29 years sober, but um, but I'm still, and I've worked the steps and I've done so much work that I thought I've done, but I didn't realize that I'm angry and I'm, and you know, that I have anger and I have bitter and I'm bitterness and I'm mad that even God gave me this mom. Like, you know, like I had to get with God on that. Like, God, you could have gave me any mother, but you chose to give me this one, you know? And let um, me, let me, let me stop you real quick, Trish. Let me stop you real quick. Cause, cause what we're going to do is we're going to begin the process of you getting free today. And we're going to make a whole entire fool of the devil when you go get your CT scan. And I can't wait to hear the testimony. I'm extremely excited. But right before we do that, there were two more people that wanted to say something. I don't want to take away anything from your story. You and I have a very um, kindred connection, and, and I may be able to help you with releasing it. The first thing I want to tell you is change your language. You cannot consistently say out of your mouth, I'm angry and I'm mad. Um, the beginning of the work is to change your confession. That's first. Amen. Um, and so be very cognizant of how you refer to the accusation that the enemy has handed you. Never own it. It does not belong to you. It is his accusation. And God allowed her to be your mother because he knew you were built for it and you can handle it. And then going through the process, what we'll say is what we say to everyone. Keep coming. We'll teach you how to live a free life. And you don't owe your mother vacations. I don't mean no harm. But as time goes on, there are certain boundaries that you have to set to reinstitute and to teach her. Remember, we talked about the scales. You, balance is necessary. There are codependent behaviors that come with reoffense. So we'll talk a little bit more, potentially offline, so we can help you get free. Amen. 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 You, 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 you listen. You gonna walk in freedom. You hear me? You gonna walk Amen. in freedom with your it. head high. And listen. And and anything and that attempts 
to take you back to that little uh, helpless girl. You're not her no more. You a whole grown woman. I like to cuss right there. Uh, in Jesus' name, not just in regular statute, but you have dominion in the earth. Thank you, Jesus. You have the power to Hallelujah. subdue. Hallelujah. You Thank have you, the God. power to overcome. You've already overcome, uh, and you'll Thank do you. it by the words of your testimony. And you begin to say, my mother is forgiven. Uh, I, I love my mother. I am happy and have joy in Christ Jesus, and nothing can make me angry that I don't give power to. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. She no longer has the power to re-offend and to stick you again. You don't have to stand there and be stuck. There are boundaries that God gives us authority in the earth realm that are already right. He said, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loose in heaven. So I thank God for courage this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. For courage without feeling guilty about knowing who you are in Christ Jesus, that he will Amen. give you how to teach her how to treat you. Hallelujah. You, Glory to God. Uh, there were God. two more people that were going to say something. Who was that? Amen. We, we may have, because we're, we're over time, but I, I'm grateful for how God gave Tanya to teach this morning. It was not only Amen. powerful, but it was necessary. Um, and, and if you've not been exposed again to the courts of heaven and the teaching of what that looks like, um, I, I just encourage you, download the Declare Victory app, listen um, to the, the other courts of heaven teaching, and it will help you because now you have the power, and you, you have the power to prepare your case. You got legal documentation. You can go and present all the accusations. Go ahead and agree because now you have the power to overcome stuff in your bloodline generations back and cancel those assignments. Well, if, while it may not be your sins, um, the sins of your forefathers that are being committed right now in the earth realm, we have authority to shut them down. Thank you, shut them down. You hear me? <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. And so um, thank you for um, being vulnerable. Uh, I just want to remind you again, this is safe space. Listen, we, we tell all our business around here, honey. We don't think nothing of it. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> because at the end of the day, freedom is all it's about. Hey, Tan, um, I'm, I'm going to just be obedient. I need you to pray for her. Uh, pray for her as God gives it to you. So, Father, we just thank you for Trish and um for the unction that you gave her to open her mouth. She put a sound behind what she was experiencing. God, we thank you that you've already revealed to her that the issue that she's having in her side is spiritually spiritual, spiritually related. And you've also set it up perfectly for her to be here on this call today. Uh, when I, um, I talked about uh, the courts of heaven and the process, the protocol, um, and accusations. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. I stand in faith with you um, that Trish, when she goes, because she's begun the work, that when she goes for her CT scan, they won't find anything. I speak to that area and I declare that you are healed. She no longer holds the pain in the side as it relates to her mother. 
I declare in the name of Jesus that their relationship will be whole and it will be healthy the way that you give it, including healthy boundaries. I declare in the name of Jesus that the pain that she's experienced will be turned into um, praise as she begins to share her story with other people who have experienced the very same or similar um, similar experiences with their caregivers or those that raised them. Father, in the name of Jesus, nothing happens by mistake. Nothing happens without your knowledge. You give us the castle. Put your hand on your side, Trish.
1-800-273-8836. Okay, I just sent you a text. Um, before you go to your appointment, all of this, this that I just sent you, oh, did the whole thing? Oh, yeah, it did. Okay. Um, open your mouth and say it out loud. Uh, before you begin to do it, go, what time is your appointment? It's at, um, I have two, one's at 10 and one's at 11. Okay, so then you need to hang up and meet, okay. like for real, right right now, go into worship because what you don't want to do is enter court out of turn. Um, you okay. use your words, begin to profess the truth of who God is, and remember that even during the course of your renunciations, even during the course of, uh, of, of your process, and then I'm going to send you one more thing, um, remember that, um, Lord, when you approach, um, confess hatred as sin, I confess it as sin, and I, uh, I'll send you the, the verbiage because you want to say okay. it right. So you can go ahead and get released. And, and yes. go ahead and move forward. All you have Amen. to do, ah, glory to God. All you have to do is go believing. I cannot yes. wait to hear. I mean, and have an attitude. Do you hear me? And I'm talking Amen. about walk heavy. I'm talking about okay. just about stomp in it. Because for, ah, freedom is a decision. Period. You, you decide to be free. Hallelujah. Yes. You decide to be free. I want Thank you to you, say God. that. I decide to be free. I, I decide to, to be God. free. I choose to be free. I, I choose have a to right be free. to be free. I Jesus right died for me to be free. Hallelujah. Jesus died Jesus for me to be free. For me to be free. Ah, he was buried for me to be Thank free. You, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He got up with all power in his hands for me yes, to be free. Unapologetically. You Hallelujah. are free. He was a son free. That's free. It's free. It's free indeed. indeed. Amen. Hallelujah. I receive it all. Glory Thank you, to Jesus. God. Glory yes. to God. No more bondage. Amen. Hallelujah. No more. No more yes. condemnation. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. No more Hallelujah. guilt. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No Thank more God. shame. Hallelujah. <laughs> glory Ooh. to God. Ah, glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Uh, if everybody would just do me a favor, we're going to rejoice in advance for the victory. Thank Hallelujah. you, Jesus. God, we bless your name. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. 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 H
And that is going before God in worship and then asking the Holy Spirit to reveal to you um, what areas, um, just like he did with Pretty today. He immediately, um, and it won't take him a long time. You just need to be in a space where you can hear from him. Um, Dion and I will talk today, and we're going to come up with a time within the next few days that we can help uh, go before the court um, as, long as, as long as she agrees that that's what the, how the Lord is moving upon her, too, um, because I want to do things in order. But I don't want you to feel left hanging, like, what do I do now? You told me he gave me something, but what do I do next? Because um, I don't want you to be afraid and intimidated either by it, because that can happen easily. So um, either you're going to get a notification tomorrow morning on the call um, that we are going to proceed on this date and time or, or not. But um, I, I believe it's in order. So. Um, with that said, and then um, this this okay. is what I just this is what I just heard right this second. So even outside of us learning how to prepare our cases, um, the Holy Spirit just I gotta say it out loud to be accountable. Um, it's not like He hadn't said it before, but to be very honest, I didn't feel like doing the work because it's a lot. Um, I'm gonna see if I can get a location for us literally to have a whole hearing for a, a day, like a Saturday, where we just spend time in worship and God, and allow God to reveal to us some of the things that are on the inside. It is always an amazing thing when you have support to do a thing, when you have people around you um, in, in so much that, that are like-minded. Now, mind you, agreement is super necessary. Agreement creates an atmosphere for our God to come and to, to dwell or for us to reach him, right? Agreement reaches heaven, and we got a testimony of that in the word in Exodus where they were building a tower to Baal, and they touched God. They moved God, and even though their motives were impure, they together, and the people, when they put their minds together, nothing is impossible to them. I believe there's going to be a, a, an immediate shift in many of our lives as a result of us coming together, agreeing. So I'm, I'm going to see if I can find us a location so we can cut up and, and, uh, and start signing off on stuff and getting these contracts that's out in and getting these assignments and accusations canceled. Right, because no evidence, no conviction. You hear me? No evidence, no conviction. No evidence, okay. no conviction. It's got to be thrown out. Amen? I feel compelled based on what you just said about agreement and having people to partner with us. Um, Trish, as you have already begun now the healing process um, and the, restorative, the restoration process that God is doing, even in your heart, it is going to affect your body, right? And I want to invite you um, tonight to tonight's call, the women. We have a smaller, intimate yeah. group of women, and we just want to partner up with you, and you can come and we be in agreement with you, um, where you can be in a place where your relationship with your mother may have affected your relationship with other women, and we just want you to be in a place where you know that people are on one accord that love you and that will support you. So the very same number you called in this morning, if you're available tonight at 6 o'clock, we'd love to have you join us, sis. Amen. Amen. I appreciate it. Thank very you. Very good. Very good. Very good. Amen. Amen. So I'm, I'm going to say that, that foreign thing that I say, I got to get ready to go to work. <laughs> but listen, I'm so excited about the work that was done this morning. Hallelujah. If nothing else happens for me today, 
the work of this morning. Um, Tanya, Tanya hooked it up. We went to work this morning. Glory to God. <laughs> I love it. I want to jump all over the place. We went to work this morning. Come on, Holy Ghost. Do it. Do it. Do it. I'm excited. Yes. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm so juiced. <laughs> Amen. Okay, with that said, um, I usually um, have a little bit more time, but I have a grandchild coming in a minute now to take him to an appointment. Um, and uh, so may the Lord watch between me and thee while we're absent one from another. Go believing. Have a great day today, guys. Love you. Have a great day, guys. Tomorrow. God bless. Love Thanks, everybody. Love, love, love you guys. Love everybody. Love everybody. That was good. Um, Have a wonderful birthday, everyone. Have a great day, everybody. Have a great day.